Welcome to Two Dads Against the World, where we take on the funny world we live in, one diaper change, one soccer practice, one homework assignment at a time. Be part of the conversation as we chat about what it takes to face the world as we care for our families and communities. Yes, we'll rant, we'll laugh, and we will all understand a bit more than we did before. Scotty, how are you doing? Really good, really good, man. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Other Busy than the weekend. Bengals lost. Bengals lost. Yes, we're recording after the Super Bowl. Oh, it was a fun okay. game. That's fine. Great halftime show. Yeah, good halftime yeah. show. That's all I caught. That's all I caught. I was too busy serenading my wife with a beef medallion bacon wrapped. Yeah. Sizzle. That's the way she likes it. She likes to sizzle. Yeah. Too TMI, man. Too much information. That's okay. Well, let's just get into it because we are um, actually doing part two with Brad Kaufman. Brad Kaufman, welcome back to the show. Yes, um, thank you. Glad to, to have here. you here. Yes, it's our privilege actually to host you. It really is. Um, we learned quite a bit last time in part one. We might have a part three because we've only got about an hour with you. So it's, we're going to jump in. We're going to jump in right hard and fast. I was pretty happy when we went through the whole like we can't pay you for this okay wait he doesn't and know then, that yet Scott. it's like yeah like it's just fine like we have an hour okay it's good it's goodwill it's and goodwill. your time is up <laughs> no 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 if you're a really good uh therapist you actually end 10 minutes early and deal with the payment for that last 10 minutes <laughs> just in case the debit takes a couple yeah. of, a oh, the debit shots of debit okay yeah. try that credit card okay let me get an e-transfer for you let's <laughs> hold on I know how. I know how it is. No, you got to save the last 10 minutes for payment and schedule the next one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Meeting from a meeting. That's how they work it in set. Wait, no. No, I'm totally, I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. Um, no, so Brad Kaufman is a psychotherapist here in the Edmonton area, services Alberta and more. Um, Brad, welcome again. Um, let's. We got a, a lot to talk about since the last time we met. Um, for those that don't remember, go to uh, part one and listen to it on our podcast. We're not going to recap it here. But what we can say is the world is really kind of uh, stirred. stirred uh, the pot's been stirred and people are starting asking hard questions. And it makes a lot of us think, well, what has really happened the last two years? What is going on? And so, Brad, Help. Well, what do you think? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if I can help, but yeah, I, solve I can... the problems right now, this hour. Everybody, listen up. We right. can talk about we could talk about the Joe Rogan censorship. We could talk about the Canadian truckers. We could talk about the political unrest in in Australia and France and and New Zealand and wherever you want to talk about. There's 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 uh, I don't know if it's a uh, fight or there is like just a restlessness i don't know even know how to describe it what what would you say would be the underpinning emotion going on out of all this well so well i will say this of course the whole thing is uh, a psychological phenomenon right a psychological phenomenon from the individual all the way up to the largest systemic framework so it's uh, it, it's a vast array of complexity, to say the least, right? And this is what everybody's experiencing. 
So, and I think one thing that's um, really, if I were to put my finger on it, you're asking the question, like, what is that underlying feeling that everybody's having? It's the things that we used to assume to be certain or consistent just aren't. Um, And so it's challenging us to either think different or put our heels in and try to keep the old presumptions that created a level of comfort and convenience for us there. So you see people on both ends of the spectrum at this point. So that's that's one thing that's happening. Now, of course, there's a lot of psychological theories out there that can really explain this quite well, right? From the individual all the way up to the systemic framework. So wow. now, one other thing, I, I don't know how... Uh, I don't know. Do you get edited on podcasts? Do you on on the we, platforms? We don't really on? edit too much unless you say, "Hey, you know, I don't really want to. I don't. Eldon, don't air that. Then I'll go edit." Well, it's it's up to you. Yes. It's up to you. We can talk about that. The great. We can talk about that. Reset. Okay. Okay. So so this book. Klaus so what? Schwab. So, I'm already intrigued. Okay, we gotta. We got it. We'll say what we need to say, but there's a chance this podcast get removed after we bring this up. So <laughs> I'm not even. And Brad knows. Well, that's why Brad asked. See, so the Great Reset was sent out by by Klaus was was written about a year and a half ago. Okay. Was sent out to all the world leaders, all the all the yes, states or provinces of different world uh, different governments, and the led head, uh, head of the governments. Uh, Schwab is the president of the world economic forum that's correct okay. and basically he is uh pretty much laying out a playbook for the political world uh, leaders of the world to change society in its full sense and so economically um even ownership of of land it's like, a, like I'm, I'm summarizing here but basically kenny even spoke about it in december how offended he was that he, this is the book that this is what's being handed out and followed. Yeah, so, like, that was what is, actually what, what's the basis of it? Like, what's the okay what's the foundation of a book like this? Like, is it like Marxism? Like, what are we talking about here? So are you shaking well, your head like yes, like really, like let, let, let Brad fucking... explain it. Yeah. Well, Eldon, that's a really good synopsis. Have you actually read the book? I've gone through. I've sped read through. I haven't read the in detail. Oh sure, like here just. Uh, this will give you a little bit of orientation here, Scott. Um, so the first paragraph of the whole book is, since it made its entry into the world stage, COVID-19 has dramatically torn up the existing script of how to govern countries, live with others, and take part in the global economy. Written by World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab. Sorry, I don't have my reading glasses on here. And monthly barometer author, I think his name is Terry Mallorit. Uh, the Great yeah, Reset, yeah. COVID-19, The Great Reset, considers its far-reaching and dramatic implications on tomorrow's world. The book's main objective is to help understand what's coming in a multitude of domains. So, and then basically from there, the book kind of breaks down... Um, 
you know, everything, ultimately everything that we're seeing at this point, it talks about like supply chain, about, you know, inflation or even deflation, like all, all of these concepts, uh, you know, and the most shocking for most people, I don't know if you've heard about the infamous page 12, but it says many of us are pondering when things will return to normal. The short response is never Nothing will ever return. So it's, I mean, and, and this is written by the World Economic Forum group, which, you know, Justin Trudeau has a strong affiliation to uh, Mark Zuckerberger. Uh, what's his name? Zuckerberger. Zuck, Zuckerberg. Um, Zuck, what? The, the F, the, the, the med, uh, that guy that's doing a lot of changes in the. Yes social i don't want to say too much i'll just say those things sure that guy okay that, that guy anyway so uh because a lot of people will say you know hey brad you're a conspiracy theorist but it's like no it's right here it's it's from the their mouths themselves right i wanted to know what was going on in the world and so the only thing that jumps out of me uh, out of me within the psychology and the narrative of this book that seems a little bit off from an in intuitive sense is they talk about how the virus and the pandemic is having all these impacts when in reality if you really take a step back and take a look it's the response to the virus and the pandemic yeah exactly uh, and see. everything like that so for the book that i want to read next is the sequel to the great reset also written by schwab and you can find this on the, their website, World Economic Forum. Do not say yes to their cookies, by the way. Say no to the cookies. Um, so the great narrative is the sequel to the Great Reset. And the great narrative encapsulates how to constructive and, and use common narrative to, in, to create the change. And so when you'll see media say the same thing as the government saying the same thing and they're moving towards a certain direction, it's part of this narrative that, that they are constructing. So, so in it, the... it's not a secret. This is not a, this is not a theory. This is legit World Economic Forum's open platform. Yes, yes. So, and it's interesting because in the world of psychology, right, we talk about narrative all the time. We've talked about narrative for years and years and years. And it was kind of esoteric language to the profession of psychology. Now the narrative, right? You, you hear it in media, you hear it all over the place. It's almost becoming like common language now. And ultimately it is true that those that control the narrative, of course, we've seen this historically, um, you know, through uh, propaganda and stuff like that that yeah you you run the narrative so you sell the idea it's all about the idea and this is where the psychology uh, really does come in now there's a reason why there's there seems to be such an uprising especially in our country here in canada um because of something that's called stratified systems theory okay i'm sitting down i'm, I'm gonna listen Okay, I don't know. Do, do you want to just jump in? No. Get that seatbelt on. Let's go. Do you want to just jump in? Okay, let me let yeah, me let's do it. 
Let me when start you, at the you, beginning. You had me at stratified. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> let, let I'm gonna let, Google that word later. It's it's hot. Stratified. Sure. Well, it, it's it's a theory by this guy. His name was uh, Elliot Jacks. He's a psychologist, psychotherapist, all this type of stuff. But he did a lot of research, uh, actually into systems and organizations and stuff like this. So if you've ever heard of corporate culture, midlife mm-hmm. crisis, um, you know. Those are actually his brainchilds. Those are his, he's the one that coined those terms. So a lot of people are familiar with his work without realizing that it's his work. So anyway, what what I can do is I can say, uh, do you want to jump into the psychology from the moment that we found out about the pandemic? And then I'll work you through all the way. We've got it. We've got this hour. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I'll go a little longer. I, I don't care. Okay, so I'll just throw it out really, really quick. And, uh, hey, if, hey, if, wait, one second, Brad. I got to pause. For those that are driving on the road, please do not try to write notes. Just come back and listen to us multiple times to get all the information. Okay, keep going, Brad. Sure. <laughs> Don't sure. want any accidents on our watch. Yes, exactly. So the onset of the virus. Okay. Yeah. So um, – I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I started to hear a few murmurs of something going on in China, right? Um, And I remember hearing, like, there's dead people in the gutters. And this thing might spread worldwide and it might become a pandemic, right? Uh, What were were your guys' experiences? Um, I heard first in November and started taking it seriously end of December and then baby came and I was preparing for COVID at that moment like when we're gonna bring her back and how to get her get her home as soon as possible so yeah for me it was pretty quick mm. but, yeah no it was November when I first heard about it when they started 20, closing the the liquor stores at 10 o'clock I started getting pissed off started watching the news <laughs> I was wondering what the fuck's going on all these people wearing masks around. I'm just like, what the hell? This is Beijing? Like, what's going on here? No, I... I don't know. I was one of those people where... I've I've, I've, I've worked through SARS, um, you know, a bunch of other viruses that have con- gone through, right? And, you know, just kind of thought it was going to be another one of these things. Didn't ever take it seriously. You know, and as heartless as it sounds still have not taken it seriously and and i know that's just my and that's just my personal opinion but i still have not taken it seriously to the to the fact where um i'm eliminating every other harmful thing that's in this world that is happening right now Mm -hmm. um like you know suicide rates drug overdosing cancer um you know uh, let's talk about real diseases you know like yeah yeah that are happening in Africa and stuff like that, killing thousands by the second. But COVID really, you know, it. I feel like it was the Oscars. You know what I mean? Like I That's feel a like great way of putting it. I, I feel like the the Oscars got a hold of this son of a bitch and really just ran with it, and, and and it pissed me off because I just thought that you know what, as as awful as it sounds for me to say this, COVID shouldn't have been as big as it is. In, in our mindset, in our daily lives, it shouldn't have been. And and I'm not going to be one of those people that are going to say, it's just a flu. It's 
it's not just a flu. It's a virus. It's a serious virus. You could to to people with that have a you know uh, you know uh, what am I trying to say about the immunity comorbidities like yeah comorbidities and stuff like issues. this yeah. yeah and 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 as heartless as that sounds you know like a for for someone like myself I just I couldn't give a shit I couldn't I couldn't stop my life and 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 force my my kids and my wife and everyone to stop their lives around me because of this because I I just the, the back of my mind I'm thinking there's just so many more serious things happening in this world that no one's paying attention to like we still have a, you know half a billion people in the world don't have fresh water intake on for a daily like we we've got we got this all wrong and that's what i'm thinking in the back of my mind so you know when this whole thing came about i was just like holy shit you know this is like the oscars like who who voted this like who are these people that are making this to be so big right so as much as that sounds like i'm an asshole that's that's that was my take on it i appreciate that scott i know for 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 me it, i i think i've i had different um opinions as I became more informed. Mm-hmm. And for me, what it was in the early days, it's like, okay, uh, there's a little bit more trust. Never really did trust the media so much, but okay, I'm going to trust that the Alberta government, for what it was, was going to handle it as best as we could. And for a while there, they were doing a g- good job based on what the information was out there. And then it started getting politicized, either in the media or the uh, the opposition party was like, was was making it worse was making it look um like they weren't doing enough for like like right now the calgary mayor of calgary just said that the deaths of the the thousands will be on kenny's hands for the rule changes and like hyperbole to that extent is just ridiculous so i started reading i started looking for the information the raw information, not the spin that was coming to us, mm-hmm. whether it be from governments or from or, or from media, especially from media. And as I started to gather that information and, and narrative, like reading the studies from Japan, like going and seeing, okay, what is Florida actually doing down there? Or trying to get more information, which is hard to do, with the way big tech was, you got to go like deep, like three or four pages into the Google searches to find good PDFs of the actual studies, not opinions of something. Dark web. Yeah. Yeah. Like the actual reports, the actual, like, and did the FDA really approve the third and fourth boosters? No, actually. The organization did, but not through their normal, not through their normal means. Mm-hmm. Uh, their normal means was through this committee that they had. And out of 18, 16 of the 18 said no to the boosters. Mm-hmm. So the FDA said, nope, we're not going to go with you. We're going to disapprove it anyways. So there, there's when those things start happening, when the there's when people are being vilified or drugs, certain treatments are being vilified because it's not the accepted um, um, uh, treatment. Mm-hmm. Or if the treatments that are working and the studies that, that are to uh, give it scientific backing are changed, then there's like a – that's when I'm like, wait a second. So one of those what I'm talking about is the uh, – two weeks ago, the doctors that were first trying to work on treatments for COVID in early 2020 had discovered that a, uh, some 
I can't remember which cortisol a steroid they were using, but one of the, I think five or six that they got out there, they figured out that a certain dosage of this certain drug actually treats COVID to the point where the, the, the risk to life is minimal. Mm-hmm. But when Fauci's organization started doing the testing, they took that drug and reduced the dosage to what they wanted, not the dosage that the hospitals were actually using. And the report came back saying that that's ineffective. Well, no, the drug was effective, but the dosage was wrong. And they just came out last week. I There's a whole swack load of doctors are saying, no, 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 you stop trying to stop. A lot of doctors are being tanked for actually having a different view than Fauci. Sure. And um, even the, the creator of the mRNA uh, vaccine is being – he was on Joe Rogan's show. And, yeah, and, I listened to that podcast. It was a very informative podcast and really, really right. brilliant, brilliant guy. Brilliant man. And he's now testified at the Senate uh, mm-hmm. for it. So, but you don't get that on the news. You actually got to listen to the full sure. interviews. You got to listen to. You got to go to the dark web with Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what what I'm saying is, that's a that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to find. It's a lot of work to try to be informed. It's it's a lot of work to go. Oh, I was wrong. Oh, I, no, I'm not going to put a mask on my two year old daughter. There's no way I'm going to ever do that. There's no reason for it. Um, and the studies, multiple studies have shown that the kids in masks is useless. Um, masks became useless as soon as Omicron became evident. And w- one of the things that I was saying to people, and I got to wear masks at work. And, and you know, I'm doing that for uh, a little bit just to keep everybody's mind a little bit settled. It's more a psychological reason than I think it's actually. Yeah, doing when you say that, Brad, like honestly, when it comes to it, it's. Isn't that a little bit of a? Do you find that you're, you're kind of I, catching I'm, on? I'm that? kind of loose on it though. It's interesting. Somebody said, "Well, why is your mask on?" I'm like, "Here's a question: When you walk by somebody that at, with smoking outside, can you smell it when your mask is on?" They're like, "Yes." Then you can get Omicron because Omicron is airborne. Smoke is airborne. Smoke's got a bigger particle. You can get Omicron. So your mask is useless. There you go. What? Like, just oh, look it up. I know it's a, it's a hard thing, but it's like. You know, like now that the kids can go back to school this week without masks, yeah, right? That's great. And you know, I, I tell my wife like, like she's like, well, I still want the girls to wear a mask because you know we got city finals here coming up in a couple of weeks. I don't want them to get sick. I'm like, well, hold on a second. You so remember that like, it doesn't work that way, right? It's not. It doesn't work that way. Like we're we're tr- we're you're, honestly you're trying to catch a, a fly in in a, in a chain link fence. Okay, like it's just it's not it's not gonna work. Like it's there's no point of it. Okay, if they're gonna get sick, they're gonna get sick, and this is the way it goes. And well, it's the yeah. fear they played on our fears. But, well, but okay. like I liked how you said about that comfort thing. Like when you wear a mask, you know, you give that other person this sense of security that I'm not gonna die if I'm around you right now. I can be standing right in front of you, a foot away. I'm I have my mask on. Therefore, we're both safe. And. You know, it's this, it's this, this psychology, right? Um, yeah. Brad, what were you going to say? You're going to say something. Well, yeah, and and you're you're both touching on it, right? There, there is that interpersonal psychology that has been created throughout the whole kind of process of the pandemic. So, um, and 
two, Eldon, you were talking about the spin, right? The yeah. spin on information. So I, I'm, I feel I'm really fortunate in this situation because I've been trained in like advanced research design and interpretation as well as advanced uh, statistics. So I can see the games they play. It's unbelievably easy to manipulate numbers. Um, it's... Uh, what? You know, <laughs> yeah, journalism today... Just, that, just, just ask any, uh, any uh, accountant from 15 years ago how easy it was. Ex- they were ex- doing it all the time. Exactly. <laughs> J- journalism today does not... Um, understand research design and the difference between, you know, causality and um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, uh, um, uh, was, uh, yeah, it works. It's, it's happened regardless of, of causality. It's, it's a uh, correlation. It's, uh, I can't believe correl- I yeah, it. Yeah. There's no correlation to this. It's happening at the same time. It's like, mm-hmm. kind of like, how would you put it? Um, I drove by, I drove by the bank, and the bank got robbed. Therefore, I robbed the bank. No, no, no. It's kind of like it's. I'm dumbing it down really, really. Well, well. The, like, the but example did you see I it use... being robbed, and you did nothing. You just drove <laughs> away. No, I just happened to drive there. by, and because I was the car that drove by, I must have been the one that, that robbed the bank. I don't well, know. Well, Brad, they, you have given me a better. Yeah, example. the the example I use is so um, the use um, as the use of. Um, Floating devices in the summertime for swimming uh, goes up. Like even protective, like life jackets. The the higher the use of life jackets goes, the higher, you know, drownings happen. That, yeah. That's a great, great. So number. it's yeah, one of these sense. things where it's like, oh, okay, so maybe we shouldn't wear life jackets because it causes drownings. No, that's a correlation. It's not a causation, right? Um, and so... It's happened regard. It's happening for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's happening because the number of people swimming goes up. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the number of life jackets are also going up. But the more number of people you're swimming, you're also increasing the number of people that are not wearing life jackets, which means there's going to be more people drowning. Right, but if you just look jacket. at two individual variables, you can draw right. a correlation. A lot of people, this is what how they kind of easily use the narrative to manipulate certain things is they mm-hmm. take correlation to imply causation, which is not the case. So that that's a part of it. So it's really easy to spin narrative on that. And when while we're on the topic of narrative, um, like I've been hired by companies because I, I do, you know, the kind of corporate stuff uh, as well. And I've been hired by companies for messaging specifically. Um, and ultimately, it is about, okay, how do you send a message? So commu- you, 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 it's best to imagine communication as being like a package. So you think of yeah. a gift. The message is a gift inside, and then the communication is the package that it comes in. So when they talk about messaging, it's kind of like, well, how, how do we dress it up in this certain way with the communication to get it across to people in a certain way. And you would have seen the province do this. Um, You could tell they were trying to stay away from calling it a vaccine passport because of the negative connotation that that carried to people. That's right. That's why they called it the exemption program, right? And it it was just kind of a a spin on it. And of course, 
from a psychological perspective, right? Even seeing what Trudeau is doing right now, it's mm -hmm. the, you know, there can be a thousand things happening around you, but we only want you to pay attention to this one thing right here. And we're only going to draw your attention to that. So I want you to imagine a room full of objects, but there's like a red mug sitting in the middle of the room. And I just have you attend to that red mug and tell me everything about it. Or I just describe that red mug. And no matter how much you try to talk about anything else, I keep pointing your attention and your focus back to the red mug. Trudeau's been doing that since they became government. Actually, before government, every, any question that he's ever been given, there's a set response that goes a total different direction, misdirection. And it's like, we asked specifically about this. Thank you for that question. And says something completely different. He's using media training tactics against those that are actually asking him hard questions. He does that all the time. And it's yeah. frustrating. So he gives an answer, but not a relevant answer to what the, the question actually is. Right. So right. now you're right. This is very kind of typical. Politicians have done it forever. Um, now, here's the one thing that is getting played quite a bit right now is in our country, the entire history of the country has been built on good faith where citizens believe that the government is working in our best interest. Now, you always have corruption within any system, but right. just because there's a degree of corruption doesn't mean that the whole system has become corrupt or the whole government has become corrupt. Uh, at this point, I would argue the jury is out whether we're living in a country that is working in the best interest, right, of its citizens or if we're actually dealing with a corrupt government. From everything that I've seen um, over, especially the last, well, since Trudeau called the election. Yes. Um, there's a, a very, how do I say this? Pronounced. Yes. Pronounced. Uh, there's, yeah, there's I pronounced... call it dismantling of our, our dismantling. How would I, let me see if I can take a stab at this. Because I, you and I sometimes, I, it's weird sometimes. Let me, maybe I've got this wrong, but for me, it's been a systematic dismantling of not only our institutions, but, um, instead of the government actually being for the people and caring for the people, it's about. The, uh, those elite inside a government, either elected or uh, appointed, who demand penance from the regular people. That it's the other way around. It's us serving them and their agenda. Yeah, that's yeah. that's mostly the the narrative. Very much points in that direction. Right, so now this is where we come to stratified systems. So in stratified systems, basically you have, so from a corporate level, you know, you have the ground level worker, the, the worker bee, so to speak. And then you have like the managers there, then you have a little bit of a middle manager above that, and then a higher middle manager. And you know, 
depending on the size of the corporation, goes up and up and up to the very top. So in the in the very top, so to speak, within the strata, so the strata being levels, right? So right. the very top level is very ideological. Their uh, perspective is very, like they aren't doing the the groundwork. A lot of times they don't even right. understand the groundwork. They couldn't even explain it to you. Um, so, and then you have to know like what is done. They just, they have to understand why it's being done and how why it's being it done. Pay somebody. <laughs> yeah. And, and where it's going and all of that type mm -hmm. of stuff. Whereas the, um, you know, ground level, uh, strata is actually doing the actual work, you know, the grounding work, the, uh, production, the, whatever it is. Right. So where the tire meets the road. This is what actually moves. Okay. The mm -hmm. yep. Perfect analogy because this is exactly what's happening right now. So over the, the last few decades, you've seen the diminishment of the middle class, right? You yeah. see the stratas start to separate. So we're losing the connection between the, what we call the higher strata. Well, mm -hmm. the more ideological strata and the grounding strata. So where the rubber meets the road is literally at the grounding strata because what's happened is the ideological framework. Now, I, I've had people argue to me, Brad, nobody's free. You can't actually fight for your freedom. Nobody's free on this planet. Well, in a way, that's correct because we do give up our freedoms. We say, hey, yeah, no, we're, we're going to kind of put ourselves under the law, right? I, I'm going to have some respect for law enforcement. This is what most people say, because if I have a problem, I want a cop to be able to show up at my door to have my back. Right. And mm -hmm. this is why a law, a lot of law enforcement officers get into the work they do because they want to serve their communities. They want to protect their communities. They want to uphold the order that's within their communities. And we're willing, happily willing to give up certain freedoms to, um, you know, have that order maintained. It gives us a sense of comfort as well as uh, it's convenient. What has happened lately with all of these mandates and everything like that is the rubbers meeting the road where, um, you know, now they're asking us essentially to trade our freedoms, but instead of getting comfort and convenience, we're now getting a level of discomfort and inconvenience. So right. as soon as you start to inconvenience people at that certain level, um, and this is what happens is the ideological has lost sense of how they are um, potentially inconveniencing through these mandates. Well, let's, let's just pause for a second about that one of those mandates just to give everybody reference in case they listen to this later. The thing that the, the straw that broke the camel's back is the mandate for truckers that are vaccinated to when they cross the border on either way, because Biden and Trudeau agreed within a day of each other to, do, to implement the same rule, that these truckers who've been going back and forth since the pan pandemic started, who 85 plus percent of them are already vaccinated, would then have to come when they enter the other country have to quarantine for two weeks regardless of symptoms if you are free of symptoms it doesn't matter to this mandate you have to 
stay put, do nothing, you can't make money, you can't deliver, you are by yourself alone. And so if if you're unvaccinated, to my understanding, uh, that's a good clarification, I need to get a little more details on that. Mm -hmm. I think there was some other things with vaccinated too, but I can get more details. But that's that's good. Um, But regard again, regardless of symptoms or not symptoms, and the Omicron is so widespread, that the likelihood of a trucker causing another wave, very, very low, like it's not going to really affect the overall um, uh, uh, rate of infection. Uh, so, and if they're really worried about that rate of infection before these met this, this rule would have been in place long ago. I, but it, to kind of, um, and it, sorry, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. The thing that bothers me about this is the timing of the last, the things that have happened in the last eight months. So the last eight months, let alone, let's put aside the election in Canada. The last eight months, both Trudeau and Biden asked both of their uh, banking systems to increase the number of printed money. They started printing money at an extreme rate. And a bunch of people were warning them, don't do that. It's basically a hidden tax. And what it does, it increases, it's a way of taxing people without saying we're taxing you. What it does, it increases the flow of money in the market, which means the, the value of your dollar reduces. It's in the Great Reset. So when your dollar reduces in value, your <laughs> products go up in, in cost, right? But if you really need to, like, if, yeah. so they did that. And then they also started messing with supply chain rules, so mandates for the for the uh, trucks coming out of the ports in California, where the rules there were ridiculous in California, and we got a supply chain issue there. We got supply chain issues because of China. We got supply chains issues out of all these different places that have nothing to do with what we can actually do. It's whatever. Truckers already have a shortage of people in the states; are about eighty thousand short, and in Canada, we're about. I don't know. I've seen anything between ten to twenty thousand truckers short of what we need in our workforce. So how do we slow down? How do we slow down this 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 uh, market even more? Well, let's just do the mandates. Let's just make it. Let's slow them down. Let's literally make them park for two two weeks. So let's make life difficult for them. Um, to me, this is um, uh, it's it's a gross abuse of power. And yes. why now? So, well, yeah, here's... That's what pisses me off. Why now? Right. Like, why, why not two years ago? Why now? Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're over that hump. We're, we're almost sweat off the horse's ass at this time. Why now? We know it, how to treat it. We've got the pills. We've got everything we need. Let's go. Well... Anyways, Brad, keep going. Yeah. Well, it's... Uh, again, this is where those questions, right... It's fair to start asking those questions. It's fair to have a level of skepticism. You don't have to be critical. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be demeaning. You don't have to be any of that. You can just be curious. And when well, that's you're what curious, I live for is to be demeaning. So don't, don't don't try and fucking analyze me. This it's is best, this best is days. what drives me in the morning. Is my true hatred of a lot of things. <laughs> There you go. Gets gets the energy. Gets it going. You, you, you found your you found your passion. Like uh, tea I did, drinkers. I did. I, 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 tea honestly, drinkers. it. Oh, 
Don't even get me started about these steep tea people taking up time in my Tim Hortons lineup. <laughs> Yo, what are you doing at Tim Hortons for tea? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but but this is what you're talking about now. Eldon, you touched on it, right? It, it creating these inconveniences. Now, that's happening at the ground level strata. Now, a lot of people will look at that and go, oh, you know, because these strata are set in a certain way, they'll assume like there's an importance to to the top strand. No, they're all important. They have to all function together. Otherwise, you get a mass dysfunction and everything will collapse or break down at some point. So there, So what's been happening, and this is exactly, I'm going to try to answer your question here, Scott. It's like, why now? Well, because what's been happening is all of the focus has been going to the... Um, to the top strata, to, you know, what the federal government is doing, what, you know, Europe is doing, to what America is doing, all of that type of stuff is happening. So all of the focus, all of the weight, like you're talking about, is going to the top strata. The It's just the way the universe works. It's the way systems work. It needs a pendulum swing, a correction, because it's functioning in imbalance at that point. And this is why you get the ground level, the literal rubber on the road, the literal people that work the earth so that you can sustain yourself with food. That is the ground strata. That is the grounding, the foundational strata. So this is why you're seeing the clash between this high, I guess what you could call the elitist type group and the ground level group. And it's inevitable. You can't say, oh, whose fault is it? It's just like, well, no, the system got out of balance. And the reason the system got out of balance is because it functioned in balance for so long. There are pre-existing presumptions that have continued throughout the pandemic But as the pandemic's gone over with time, and like you're saying, even though the virus um, might be hitting this point of virology where, okay, it's it's, uh, less lethal, it's less all of this type of stuff, like you're saying, Scott, are we not almost all the way through it? Well, that's different than what the pandemic has actually done to the strata. Am, Am I making sense here i hope i'm explaining myself well yeah yeah i think so yeah i'm following you and and that says a lot okay so it's it's inevitable 100 percent inevitable for the ground level to try to correct this ideological runaway train mm-hmm. right this what you're talking about uh, almost like the power um yeah, the the overextension of power or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So this yeah, the is abuse of power. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So right now, the, it's interesting because the abuse of power, so to speak, is putting the pressure through law enforcement and is trying to keep the ground level or the foundational level from rebalancing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's interesting though. What's happening is there's. Um, yesterday I was, uh, I think it was, you know, this is what's really strange about what's going on. This trucker 
Freedom Freedom Convoy is uniting those middle thinkers who used to be at odds with, with each other. Look at Joe Rogan, for example, and the attacks that he's been suffering because he actually hosted people with different opinions. He is, by definition, a liberal. Like, not like not a party candidate, a party liberal, but he is a liberal thinker. Yep. He always has been. He, um, and in, in what I mean is that he's always questioning the status quo. So, uh, in a conservative, in its natural sense, is, uh, pr- prefers to have things um, the way it was. There's no sense changing mm-hmm. it because it was working really well. Don't change it. Be, you know, conservatives changed the definition in Canada has changed several different times. And depending on who you talk to, you can go, if you mention the word, I'm conservative, they automatically think that you're a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Or, or you think you're conservative, like, oh, they only care about money, they don't care about people. And, and that isn't an accurate depiction of conservatism. But in its natural sense, conservatism really is, we want to make sure that the system, not, not, not the caring of people, but the system remains strong so that we can care for people. That is conservatism's natural thing. So liberal, natural, Rogan would be, let's question that. Let's question that stability. Is it actually what we should be doing? That's liberal. Um, and so, uh, and and so, there's usually like a, a, I would say Canada in its history, for the most part, has been a little bit center. So sometimes they do a little liberal, sometimes they do a little conservatives, and they don't usually swing either far far left or far right. That's kind of how Canada's been. And over the last fifteen years, it's got the swings started a, the the, the started going a lot further both ways. Yeah. Um, and you can blame media, you can blame whoever you want. You can blame the schools. You can actually blame the schools on that one. Um, um, you, you know, it's it's a very political world, and the unions are very, very bad at hiding their, their political pr- preferences. They're really bad at it. Um, or they're really well-intentioned. <laughs> Like, and if you if you view outside of the uh, the accepted political norm for that union, you're a bit ostracized, regardless of your nurses' union or teachers' union. It's gross. It's disgusting, actually. There you go. I'm not part of either, but I, that's all I'm going to say. But so Joe Rogan, liberal, being attacked by the big corporations. We're talking. So you know, you talk about Neil Young saying he's going to pull his pull his music. He doesn't own the music. If anybody thinks that Neil Young is actually owning his music, it's, doesn't know the business of music. You know who owns the music? It's not even Warner Brothers who on paper owns the music. It's this guy. Um, sorry, I got to get his name right. And it's not hard to follow this the link. So you just got to find out who owns Neil Young's music, which is Warner Brothers. And who owns Warner Brothers is this guy. This this organization, which is actually this one guy. Um, let me just go to it real quick. Boom. Actually, you got to go to a different thing. Um, the company is Axis Industries. Who is Axis Industries? It's this former Russian slash American who owns a lot of Russian oil that owns also a whole swack load of pharmaceutical companies. They're the ones that owns Neil Young's, and they're the big money behind this big push. 
So Joe Rogan, if you if you listen to his podcast over the last ten years, you'll know that he is a liberal thinker. He just questions everything. So it's 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 kind of disgusting what what we're seeing. Uh, I'll be honest. There's a little rant for you, but. I do think that it's like back to what we were talking about a long time ago, right? With cancel culture and shit like this, right? Like if you're not on that person's narrative, you're not on that person's wavelength, uh, you know, you get pushed out, right? You get we, censored, we, you get shut down. It's like the doctors with the, you know, the different treatments of COVID, right? That spent years of research and did, you know, did this and that, blah, blah, blah. And they get shut down because, well, oh no, no, that's, that's not the, you know, accepted narrative, right? Accepted narrative. There you go. Discussion has so been removed. So many big words here. This is great. This is awesome a, a, a appro- approved narrative. Approved narrative. Right. There you go. And so, like, if you look at history, I mean, where, where do you see this? You see this in, in um, you, you see this uh, overextension of power in different systems. You see it in communist, true, fast. Uh, the Nazis did that type of uh, narrative back uh that's how they convinced the german people um to to give up their neighbors their friends their family mm-hmm. um and to they created this great divide amongst their corporation mao did that in china mao, mao did that mao critical race theory is what we call it in in north america mao they call it was class uh, they had different uh, the class system and they pitted one class against the other okay eldon can yep. I pause you for a second? Can for you sure. hold that? Because yes. I have something to play right here, which is... Okay. Um, I'm ready. Absolutely relevant to what you're saying. Okay, this is... I don't know if you can see it or hear it, but here's uh, Prime Minister Trudeau on uh, World Economic Forum stage. Yeah. And let's just hear it from him. I think it comes down to a conception of, of what what you think leadership is all about. Uh, and yes, we've seen it's very possible to get elected through playing up divisions and negativity. Uh, and that happens and it's a tried and true path. It's a tried and true path. It's a tried and true path. One of the things that I feel is that once you get elected through dividing people, it becomes very hard to then govern responsibly for everyone. And you can't just keep scaring people and hope to move the world forward. Because if you do that too much, you lose part of the free and open nature of society. Is what he did of society, part. yeah. So basically, he just admitted that his tactic is to divide, and that he he is a bad leader for a country. Well, good it's... leader for a movement, but not a good now, leader you, for a country. You can't, you can't crush the kid so bad, right? Okay. <laughs> he had a tough upbringing. Okay. His I dad just... didn't teach him the right ways. Well, okay? both dads. If your dad was uh, a dick. Maybe. Maybe. You, you know, I, I'm just saying he's not Fidel Castro's son. He doesn't look like Fidel's crash, Fidel Castro's son. You shouldn't look up his, his, uh, his images online because it can't prove anything. You know, can you could you blame her though if that all came out? If it was true. Like honestly, the Spanish accent is so is so sexy. I mean, the like, power. Honestly, you know, you've got this diplomatic visits. The you're beaches. in Havana. You got a couple of rums. 
Pierre's got uh, sunstroke. He has to have a nap. He's got bad Would you teeth. like to come have a... Yeah, you know. Yeah, you understand. Castro's you understand. over there. He just kind of rubbed his beard a little bit. You and know. she's just like, hey, uh... Well, Pierre's not doing anything right now. What are you doing? Well, yeah. yeah. Want to play some chess? You know, it was probably just that simple. That's honestly. how it is sometimes. Honestly. No, no. Uh, hey, you know what? Sometimes everybody gonna needs be, a break. It's going to be the haters coming out now. Yeah. But, you know, you, sometimes you need a break. And, you know, what's what's better than having a break out in camping? And what's better than camping if you don't have Kalani, Kalani, Kailani sports equipment? So we've got some mugs here. I love that. Here it is. I, can, I don't know if you can see that. It's been tried, tested, and true now. I love this thing. It's now a part of me. And you know what? We encourage all, all the listeners to check out their website, Kalani Sports. You get through... You know, look it up if you want, but if you want a discount at your next purchase, go to Two Dads Against the World. Go to Dad Mine, click on the link, find your best product, put in this code Two Dads ATW, and you get ten percent off your purchase. Little sponsor spot. Anyways, moving on. Everybody needs a break. Take one with Kalani Sports. New tag. I should have brought the whole bottle of Scotch downstairs with me. Sorry, man. Well, this is so good. Have you guys ever tried the Lefroy Lore? Who's that by? Lefroy. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's a great scotch. Anyway, does Hanson Distillery do a good scotch? Hanson Distillery does a great whiskey, Canadian whiskey. Right. You know what? They're they're a local company up here. You should shop local. So scotch is just basically a name of a whiskey. scotch is whiskey that's made in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, we know. We all learned something. Sorry, Brad, we interrupted. There you go. It's all good. See, no, no, you guys said the haters are going to come out. Now, you know how you're talking about, uh, well, this is what I usually encourage people to do. Don't um, look with your own eyes and listen with your own ears. That's why I say I feel really privileged to be in the mm-hmm. space of having the training that I do where I can literally go to PubMed, look at, you know, the actual source of the information. Um, so, and I, I do this with uh, everything else that I possibly can as well. So not only the scientific side of this, but, you know, I talk to a lot of nurses and medical professionals and stuff like this. Uh, I went to the protest in Edmonton. I went, I'm like, okay, are these people racist? Are they like all of this type of stuff. Right, misogynistic, yeah, Nazis, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So I show up there downtown at the legislature and Canada Day is one of my favorite days. Always has been. I hope it always will be. It was like a Canada Day celebration. There were flags wow. everywhere. Everybody's just hooting and hollering. They're smiling. There is a thousand tractors honking horns. There's a thousand trucks honking horns. And there's so many banners about, you know, uh, freedom and and this and that. The only derogatory, the only real derogatory thing I saw, and this is saying something because, you know, truckers, the the, the saying, you know, swearing like a trucker or, you know, swears like a trucker comes from somewhere. There's a a culture that we're familiar with. The, The most derogative thing I saw was on the back of somebody's truck. They had, you know... Uh, Trudeau sits to pee. That was really the worst 
thing that I saw, and that's <laughs> not even. I was not expecting that. I was, I was expecting worse. And honestly, that's not that bad. Honestly, that's I, not I, bad I, at all. You know, Con- secret at time. It. I I do too. Like the. <laughs> I'm just getting to that age right now. It's just, it's just so much easier. easier. Better than a hand on the wall. Honestly, it is, especially in the middle of the night, because now I'm getting the age where I like, I'm getting up now in the middle of the night. It's just easier for me to plop my ass on the toilet and just be like, just let it happen, you old fuck. Just let it happen. Make sure you get that last drip out. Yeah. Instead of like turning on the light and figuring out, oh, did I put something on the floor? I get that, you know, Trudeau, I'm with you. It's okay. Exactly. Oh, that one thing. Yeah. Exactly, get... right? So, yeah, so basically it was it was um so um it was so interesting to see how everybody was coming together. There was nobody that was like the respect for the cops was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. smiles going back and forth, the conversations going back and forth uh, between law enforcement officers and the people that were there. Um, Mm -hmm. Like people, even at like crosswalks, when the light would turn red, they would stop and they would wait. Even though there's like hundreds, if not thousands of people, you know, in that area. It was just, it was really amazing. It's not a riot. It's, it's, I've heard it's like, well, people are rioting. I'm like, I, I, I'd like you to show me some riots. I haven't seen a riot yet. Like there's, there's no looting. There's no cars burning down. You know, the last riot I've seen was more to do with alcohol and sports. Like we've seen some riots in Canada. There's nothing. 2006 playoffs, man. I was there. Oh, Crazy. Oh, yeah. oh no, no, here in down in town in Edmonton. Yeah, downtown. Right. Edmonton. We had riots almost every night, every other Why? game. Yeah, White Avenue. Was crazy. Exactly. Hockey creates way more riots in this country than politics. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. So, like, for me, like, you know, my measuring stick is literally the hockey riots that we see here in Vancouver and Edmonton, wherever we've seen them, where people are really upset for stupid reasons. But this doesn't seem like that at all. It, it, it looks, it's organized. It's being shut down at the highest levels. Um, the money's being stopped uh, on the GoFundMe page was shut down. They and then the new uh, donation center also they can't get it to the organizers. The 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 new one is like based in uh, the states, and they just said, well, Canada doesn't have jurisdiction down there. We can collect the money as much as we want, but Canada is refusing to let the money come across the border into the bank accounts of these people. And so, it, it's definitely a lot a lot going on. For sure, and so um, that's why you need a crypto account. You, right, that's the next. Uh, you know, this might push. <laughs> this actually might push it. This might push crypto accounts pretty quick. Um, so I guess I guess what I was trying to get at though was, I'm I'm intrigued by the fear people are allowing themselves to be duped with either by listening to the media they play on this these people are really bad they associate these these people with other really bad people of history or people that we know are bad like it's bad to be misogynistic it's bad to be um a racist it's bad to be a nazi well of course you and if they have no other source other than cbc then what are you gonna get it from well, it's like Brad was saying. You know, you gotta you gotta listen with your own ears, listen with your own eyes. The only problem with that is that 
almost everybody has so much external influence that basically blocks out your rational thinking nowadays. Hmm. And I stop people all the time. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, think about this logically right now. Like, just just shut off the fucking CNN in your brain. Shut off your Facebook. Look at this like a normal person. Okay? Yeah. And, that, and I feel like that's the problem. Uh, that's the real problem is that there's so much external influence and, and your environment uh, from your, sorry, from your environment, whatever that might be, right? Like if you were to look at my Facebook profile and go through like what's all coming on my newsfeed as opposed to what comes on to, um, I don't know, let's just say my, my, my kid's teacher's newsfeed. We've got a completely different influence upon our mindset mm. on a daily basis right and there's the there's the social media platforms that like of course it's been exposed of how how it it does its uh it does its algorithms to make you you know if you're this way push you this way hard right if you're more uh you know right of center oh and there's something hot going on in the world we're gonna push you far right because we need some we need some hot heat here, and then if you're on the you know left of center, we need you to go way left here, right? Um, you know, it's. I feel like it's it's nice to have people think that they, yeah, just just listen to this information, look at this, hear this, but if your externals are blocking your logical thinking, you're just as. It's almost useless. I don't mean to say that in a in a bad way, Brad. I just that's the way that I look at it now. That's the way I see things. Is that most people nowadays don't think logically and with common sense, and it, and it's I, I, well, there's nothing you can do to help that. Like there's there's seriously, oh, there's almost nothing you can do to help that. You can't change someone's mind. Well, maybe you can, Brad, because you're trained that way. But I sure can't. Well, you know what it, I mean, like it, I. It, it, it feeds on, of course, what, what we call in psychology called confirmation bias. And so like right. you're talking about, the algorithms work on confirmation bias. And so mm -hmm. if they know you lean a certain way, they're just going to pull you more in that direction or give you more evidence to keep thinking that way. And, and you're right. It creates this whole com complete polarization, polarizations mm -hmm. where one person is on this side of the spectrum, the other person is on this side. And it creates a lot of... Um, potential tension for people to go at each other regarding these issues. Now, um, the one thing that you're saying is when that happens, when there's such a strong confirmation bias, um, and especially Eldon, like you were talking about, when um, people's fear is utilized in a certain way in, in hypnosis. Now, let me give you a little kind of secret on hypnosis here. In hypnosis, what we do is we disorient the mind. So um, uh, it's called an induction, and there's different ways to do it. But when you disorient the mind, the mind does not do well on not having an orientation point. And so it's looking for anything. So if, you, if, if people get hit with this uncertainty in this fear, there's this virus coming to North America, and it's killing people. It's going to kill millions of people, right? Instantly the fear goes. So then um, everybody's looking for where can I find certainty? Now, what's typical to our society, 
let's outsource and go to the TV. Let's outsource here. Let's outsource there. What is being said? All of these different places. So, and then what happens is whatever gives you the orientation, that's typically what you grab onto. And that becomes uh, like, it's what we call an anchoring point. And so, and that's where we talk about suggestibility. So that next suggestion that gives you a sense of certainty is the thing that you're going to lock onto. And different people will lock onto different things. So you talked about your mindset at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, you know, Scott, where you're like, yeah, oh, it's not a big thing. But Eldon, you had a newborn coming into well, this. My wife almost died too. Oh, like, man. So she, she was... She was in the hospital because mm -hmm. she was extremely sick, and that's why we had her baby early. And she, it was a very, like, she was in the hospital, but it was a very, all of a sudden, she had a turn, like, within an hour, and they rushed her in, and I, I, I got oh, there man. just after the birth. So I was in this mindset, and I say that because I was in this mindset of, okay, my wife is really, really sick. She almost just died there. She's still not out of the way. She could die right now, anytime. Mm -hmm. And my baby was so, so tiny. Yeah. She fit in my hand. Um, she was what? Uh, a pound. Five, not, uh, five months premature? She was oh, three, oh. three, three months. Three months. Oh, sorry. Oh, not wow. quite. No, five months. I don't think they can. Yeah. I don't think they yeah. can get a baby to survive. But I just months. remember how tiny she was. Like, literally, right. she could have fit in your hand. Yeah. She was, she was super tiny. Um, like, we couldn't touch her for the first little bit because her skin mm -hmm. wasn't developed enough. Um, it would have been like a burn victim. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that was interesting. But anyways, that's that's me after the fact. Like, oh, there's a lot of cool things that happened there, um, and it was really cool. There's a lot of things. That's another. That's another show. Uh, that's a great show. To, maybe that's something we should bring in. Some of those nurses. Um, my point was this: my mind was in protection mode already. My mind was. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. I've almost lost, mm -hmm. like my wife and my newborn. Uh, and now there's a significant risk, especially to my newborn at the time because of preemie lung issues mm -hmm. and my lung issues. And my wife almost died. She's still, she was, she was months before she was, uh, recovered. Yep. And if she got COVID based on the information we had there and probably she would have got really sick. So yeah, there was some legit fear uh, mm -hmm. for the well-being of the family. Um, and it controlled us, uh, too much, uh, at home. Especially those first two, what was it? Two weeks that blended yeah. into two months. Um, that was a that was a difficult time for a lot of people, and it was it was a difficult time for us too. Mm -hmm. it, was, See, it was yeah, yeah, and it was and, a lot of heavy drinking for me. To be honest with you, yeah, and and I I've seen uh, you know because I meet with so many people, and I've seen it across the spectrum of uh, you know people literally afraid to leave their homes all the way right. to you know yeah. this thing is just a, a fake idea right like this the spectrum is so vast and so broad right. yeah um so now the the unfortunate part is now i'm not into saying what governments are or aren't doing i don't mind playing a video like this of Trudeau or showing you a book that is like, here is legit language from these particular individuals. I don't mm -hmm. mind showing you the truth of, of what something is. Uh, the government did not 
understand does not at least didn't manage the psychology of people well they were spinning they had set in place you know pandemic responses pre-existing pandemic responses that they did not even use it would have been amazing because really it's like they got pulled into the emergency everybody was looking to them and as far as i could tell they were spinning or as disoriented as everyone else so then it all became about safety and so okay rightfully so when you don't know what's going on it's better not to get too involved it's better to take a step back right so they looked to the experts which were cdc fauci and world health organization correct correct now um with time okay there's a bunch of research coming out now that gives us some you know um retroactive understanding that wasn't there at that time but this has had a massive influence on people and this is why it's so challenging right now and really this was a prime opportunity for anybody that had a negative agenda or the power or the affluent the influence to impact narrative um to take advantage of it so um yeah that's just the reality of what the psychology is uh, all about so let me um let me ask a couple questions here for for on behalf of our listeners sure we've kind of we've spent an hour now a little bit more than that talking about some stuff that some people might get might be pissed off at might be upset with we may have touched on something that may have triggered um, a couple of you guys to either be upset sad mad uh, ready to uh, to blow somebody else's tires off the, their car whatever um, what what can we do today listening to the show thinking about what are those how do we keep our mindset uh, not in a la la land of positivity but a anchored reality of uh, where we can stand instead of slipping down into the negative realizing hey there are some negative there are some there's some um, things we need to like stand firm on there's some things we need to to live by but we need to also be good to ourselves and to others around us what, what would you suggest well that that's really good and I'm going to be a little bit uh, context specific with this so uh, safety has become the the greatest focus at this point and there's some people like we're talking about on that spectrum there's some people that are like so fearful for safety and safety is the utmost and then you have other people where it's like yeah safety is not a con- this thing is not a concern for them so safety isn't yeah. I don't even as- wear my seatbelt <laughs> well yeah exactly right right yeah there are people like that yeah it isn't isn't as uh, pronounced in their life so mm-hmm. what what I think is really important at this time is to realize okay where is truth so what a lot of people are looking to the government to do um, or to the I'll just say the powers that be whatever that may be health professionals government whatever um, 
is to control nature so that they can feel safe and comfortable. Like even with our health systems, we already knew our health system was taxed because our health system is a finite system, right? It, it, the people that work in it only have a certain amount of time, certain amount of energy. Um, there's only so many finances that get poured into that resource. To think that the health industry could save everybody from a pandemic, right? I'm not sure that's a reasonable expectation. And so I agree with everybody. It would be absolutely ideal that we didn't lose one person to this because we had all of the resources we need. We needed, we had all of the information, all the intelligence and all of the actions that would have mitigated all of that. I, you know, as you know, I've lost close loved ones and, you know, they're, Again, because of limited knowledge, we don't know how to cure cancer, right? I lost a really close friend to a car accident, right? Like, but, you know, I go on the road every day. I can't, you know, if I went back in time and said, hey, don't go on the road this day. How do I know that just the next day the same thing wouldn't have happened? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, I know what you're saying. You can't always be safe. So that's that's where I think it's important for people to have a realistic sense of the planet we live on, in the world we live in, the universe and, and how it works. That yes, let's do everything that we can to preserve safety within reason because like you're talking about scott sometimes it gets ridiculous a friend uh, told me the story she was walking through a grocery store and of course there were arrows on the ground and she was walking towards this guy putting stuff on shelves and as she got closer he gave her the death glare because she was walking the wrong way oh <gasps> She didn't. How dare she? However, he made the suggestion, just go around this aisle, and then you can walk past me this way. Wow. Right? So where's the logic in that? If you walk this direction past a person, right, you all of a sudden put them in risk. But if you walk this way, based <laughs> yeah. on a sticker on the floor, that there is no risk. This is where safe, we're losing. Yes logic so that's where it's kind of like okay we have to get back to the sense of the world is just a risky place to live period let's do what we can within the systems let's not beat anybody up let's not beat the people up in the system that are doing their best to preserve mm -hmm. what they can do right let's not um you know in a way not even judge politicians for putting so much trust into the vaccine, even though at this point there isn't a vast difference, right, in in terms of who's getting sick from this thing. thing. Right. So, um, yeah, like it's it's true. Everybody's hopeful. There's there's a reason why we have hope in this world. It's trying. It's it's helpful to get us through the challenges and you know just the reality that life can really take us out at any point. Anytime, yeah. 
Well, that's that's important, Brad. Like, I think you, if you're 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 you said give other people a break. I, if I can, also I think you would say the same thing. Give yourself a break too. Like, if you're if you're feeling yourself like uh, you're you're worried about something, ask yourself that next question: Why am I worried about that? Is it a is it a logical? actual imminent threat that actually is going to happen or is it a far distant threat it's like being afraid of a car a thousand miles away it's not actually going to hurt you if you cross the street right now you could cross the street it's so far away it's not going to hurt you it's there but it's not going to hit you that's something you, uh, you need to ask yourself is this a fear of the car that's about to hit me or is this the fear of way 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 not even close to me and if it's not even close to me, then you need to let it go and cross that street. So, yeah. So then in psychology, we look at what ifs all the time, right? Well, what if this happens? Well, yeah, if you're constructing a negative thing, your um, subconscious doesn't know the difference between real and constructed. So if you're imagining strongly a terrible what if that, you know, yeah. this car a thousand, you know, kilometers, miles down the road is going to hit you if you imagine it real enough your body is actually going to have a reaction to that right um so and there's a lot of what ifs that i've seen people do with this Mm -hmm. whole thing and of course it's facilitated by outside um again i'm not interested in intention or agendas or whatever but the uh but the other thing that you mentioned eldon i really like that like having an understanding of yourself, really paying attention to what is going on for me here. And then secondary, really understanding the other people. So apparently there was a counter protest that happened in our city to the, you know, the the trucker protest. And I want to go next week. I hope the counter protests are there because I've seen the one side. I want to go and stand with the counter protesters and go, Okay, hey, where where are you standing? Like, what's going on for you? Uh, I just want to know. I want to understand. I'm so intrigued by these polarized. Opposing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do they oppose freedom or do they are are they pro-vax or like I don't know what they are. I want to know what they are. I want to know what's going on there. Yeah, I want or the are they actually picture. believing that everybody's a misogynistic, racist Nazi? Well, like. like there's some people that would like again i'm sure there's a spectrum of people in that protest mm-hmm. so yeah like, I'm, there's everywhere i'm gonna embed myself in with them just as i embedded myself in with the other ones just to get a sense of what is really happening here i want to hear it i want to see it i want to see the people i want to see their energy i want to hear their words i want to you know and this is right. what I think needs to happen. I think people need to be more curious of both sides. Um, and rather than try to correct the other side, just take mm-hmm. the information in. I used to mm-hmm. love going to debates in university because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get these two very strong polarized views. But what I would do is I just sit and listen and take in all of the information. And I felt like, oh, now I have a whole vast picture of this whole issue all of the different nuances Mm -hmm. and angles that it can be seen through and i'd walk away feeling like wow my brain would just be going all over the place whereas i would see other people leave and they'd be entrenched in their position 
Yes. Uh, and, I hear you. And that was yeah. the whole point of a debate. That was the whole purpose of having debates. To open the mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was both to sides. open you up to absolutely, absolutely just see your point of view or whatever. It's the whole reason why, you know, half the time I don't get completely lose my shit on a kid about something that it's like, well, why do you feel like that you needed to do this? Well, I was doing it because of this. Oh, well, you know what? That doesn't, that's not crazy. That kind of makes sense to you at that time, the way you felt. Okay, well, I kind of see, but well, just so you know, it's not the right course of action, but eh, it's. They made a choice. Uh, yeah, right. exactly. And debates, uh, yeah. th- that's why we have debates is so that we can actually just sit back and, and hear and hear both sides out. And you know what? And come to a middle ground, come to an understanding, come to some sort of a, you know, a collusion of minds that, you know, well, I like that point. I like that point. I like this point. I like that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah I think that's crazy. a great uh, Johnson's Wood Floor tip of the day. Just the tip brought to you by Johnson's Wood Floors. Uh, for all your floor needs, check them out on Facebook and Instagram, and they'll get you hooked up. Um, take care of yourself. Take care of others by asking good questions and finding out about what's behind the real meaning. That, I think, is what we can take away from today. Just the tip of the day. Uh, Just the tip. Just the tip. Um, I can't believe we still do that segment. Anyways, I really appreciate it, though. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, it's so good. It's like, like, I mean, the only other company that would have worked for is uh, uh, a garage door company. I won't say their name because we're, we're not endorsing them. Um, but they, <laughs> they had a fantastic name, and it was a play on words, too. I mean, Johnson's Wood Floor is not really a play on words, but we're using it as that. Uh, we love you, Chris. Um... <laughs> Makes it memorable. Good psychology yeah. right there, gentlemen. Good psychology right there. You're welcome. Uh, we'd love you to to come back another time for part three to maybe get some inside scoop on the counter stuff. But I also like to to dig a little bit more with you about where is the truth or what is the truth and what is safety. I would love that if if you're up for a part three sometime this year, uh, we'll do a part three whenever the schedules work out. So. Yeah, Brad, thank you again. If you um, have any uh, business uh, consulting needs that you want to get Brad involved with, you can reach him at bradkaufman.ca. There's other services. If you're looking for some uh, help or you need to talk to somebody, you can reach out and Brad can direct you to a therapist near you. Um, again, if and if you need to reach out to us on our website, jump online and we'll get you... Uh, in touch with a bunch of people that uh, are closer to your area as well. Again, I'll also tell you what's wrong with you. Yeah, you get some free advice from Scott. <laughs> Take it or leave it. I, I, you choose. It's it's freedom. I'm cheaper than Brad. It's usually about 75 bucks for a bottle of like, uh, like quarter cast up or something like that. Yeah, and I'll give you more than an hour. Depends on how good a company you are, right? Like if you're a good guy to drink with, yeah, you might get an hour and a half. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. We'll no, see. no, fifty minute hours with Scott. No five right. zero hours. No, 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 straight up. You get a full sixty and maybe ninety. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Brad, again, thank you so much for your time and your knowledge and your conversation. We really appreciate you and uh, appreciate what you bring to us, Scott. We'll see you later. 
Absolutely. Bye, guys. See you.